This podcast is supported by Starglow Media's Mysteries About True Histories. From the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted, the Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math, in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that follow two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time, solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to Mom and Mind, where we dive into all aspects of perinatal mental health and wellness related to pregnancy, birth, loss, postpartum, and new parenthood. It's so much more than postpartum depression. We raise the volume on all of these topics in the hopes that someday everyone will have the support and info that they deserve before they need it. Please note this podcast is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Welcome to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. And for our next episode, while we're not going to talk about loss specifically, we are going to talk about high-risk pregnancy and bed rest which inherently carries a lot of anxiety and worry about loss. And certainly for some lost families, high-risk pregnancy and bed rest could be part of their journey. In our episode today, we are going to hear from Shanae Bend. Shanae experienced a high-risk pregnancy that required her to be on hospital bed rest for a month. It was shortly after this time she decided to focus her career and counseling work on pregnant and postpartum women. Shanae Bend is from California and now resides in Georgia with her husband and their two children. She's a licensed professional counselor who is trained in perinatal mental health. Shanae has an online practice serving pregnant and postpartum women in Georgia and Florida. Shanae will be sharing with us some of her personal story, as well as some pointers and perspective on mental health and high-risk pregnancy. Let's meet Shanae. Welcome, Shanae. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, allowing me on your platform, Dr. Kat. I'm really excited about this. Oh, good. I'm really glad to have you and to be coming on to talk about pregnancy and high-risk pregnancy specifically is really, really important. And I know that everyone will will benefit both from your personal experience and your expertise. So I will just have you start wherever you'd like. Yes. First of all, I want to tell you how amazing you are, Dr. Kat, like building this platform and and for how, how long you have been building it, spreading awareness with real life, authentic stories from pregnant persons, uh, postpartum persons, and their journey through perinatal mental health issues. I just really appreciate what what you've built. And even being so vulnerable with your own story really resonates with so many people. And so I I appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. I honestly didn't expect you to say that on air, <laughs> uh, that, but I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I, this is, this is uh, absolutely work from the heart and I'm glad it's, it's supportive to you and, and anyone who's listening. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
So yeah, let's hear about you. Yeah. So I'll just start off with just my pregnancy story. This was my second pregnancy with my son. And I feel like everything went pretty smoothly up until um, I was having some complications. So I was, I felt pretty comfortable with what was going on with my body. I kind of got through those nerves with my, my second, my first pregnancy. So I felt it, it was pretty smooth. Um, I do remember I tell people like, I felt like I had, I could feel the testosterone in my blood mm. because I did <laughs> feel like I was a little bit more assertive. Like I didn't have much, much of a filter. Mm-hmm. So if I was irritated or somebody was bothering me, I definitely would voice my concerns on mm. that, which I probably mm. wouldn't. Have. <laughs> I remember having a team meeting where I was going back and forth at work with this, co- this coworker, mm-hmm. just back and forth with him about something I strongly disagreed with. And I was like, Oh, this, this is my baby boy. He's just <laughs> <laughs> letting me get it in with these folks. So, but that outside of that, that was all I really remembered. I, and outside of that, just gained a little bit more weight than with my first pregnancy. And I do remember feeling uncomfortable about it. My doctors weren't alarmed or concerned about it. And I think for me, it's just like I've spent a lot of my life just being very fairly slim. And so just kind of seeing my body change in mm. that way was was very just something for me to to constantly check in with myself about. Right. For sure. Yeah. Brings up feelings. Yeah. So then it was about 32 weeks hit. I want to say it was closer to the end of the 32 weeks. And this happened to be the weekend before, or like the Friday before my baby shower. Mm -hmm. So I live in Georgia. My baby shower is going to be in Florida. My best friend flew in town from Texas. Mm -hmm. And so we were making preparations, running a couple errands. And it was the morning that we were supposed to drive. It's going to be me, my husband, my two-year-old, my best friend. We were going to drive. That morning, I got up. It was about, I want to say it was like between five and seven in the morning. It was really early. Went to the bathroom and I had some bleeding and it was in the toilet uh, pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that wasn't supposed to happen, especially being that far along at 32 weeks. Mm-hmm. I would say that at the time I was concerned. I wouldn't say I was alarmed. Mm-hmm. I was really concerned. I remember coming out and just kind of as casually as I'm talking to my friend, like my best friend, I'm like, okay, I'm bleeding. I think I need to go to the hospital. I told my mm-hmm. husband. Mm-hmm. And so me and my best friend was in the hospital. And while I was there, they rushed me into the labor and delivery and just really felt like I was probably in preterm labor. Oh, and they gave me a steroid shot and was just really, really prepared for like, okay, he might come. He's you know, later. So he'll probably be all right, but we don't know about his lungs. So the steroid mm-hmm. shot will help help with that. And I was really, um, that was the start of the interventions where I was, I really did not want any kind of shots or interventions. And, you know, my, my family and friends would laugh at me because I always have a vision of, had a vision of like giving birth in at the beach or in the water <laughs> somehow. Like I was, I'm one of those hippie people. Nah. Um, and so I was like, okay, no, you know? And so it's, but then I was like, I didn't want there to be issues with his lungs him being sure. born and then me be the cause of that in some mm-hmm. way that I didn't take that shot. So hmm. I went ahead and take, took the shot. I had uh, another bleeding incident while I was there and it seemed to, like it was more, it was like a blood clot. And so I'm thinking like baby is coming. Mm -hmm. So I stayed there for three days 
And my best friend stayed with me for that whole time. This was the, the wow. same weekend as my baby shower, right? Yeah. And so me, my best friend has the same sense of humor as mine. And mm-hmm. we were just kind of chuckling about that, that whole time, like, wow, you missed your baby shower. Like, wow, this is the perfect timing, wasn't it? And so, you know, and then at the same time, I believe in divine inter- intervention too. And so we talked through that and, and my best friend's a pretty uh, spiritual person as well. She's like, well, I wasn't supposed to be helping you with your baby shower. I was supposed mm-hmm. to be helping you through this. Mm-hmm. And we really thought about that. Like, had she not been there, I probably would have been there by myself, oh, um, gosh, right. you know, because my husband was kind of was with our two-year-old, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I didn't imagine any of our friends and families could come in town that quickly to be there with me, you know? So I'm there for three days and they released me, but they had the disclaimer of, Shanae, if you bleed again, you are going to come back and you're going to stay here until Mm -hmm. baby comes. So if he comes early or if he comes later, you're going to stay here. Mm-hmm. And that would have been a month, a month's mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And they also told me, Shanae, you're not to work. We're going to give you this letter. You're not, you're going to stay home. And all that I heard in my former, I'm a, I'm a recovering superwoman. <laughs> all that I heard was no work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. the part. I was like, hold, wait, hold, hold on guys. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> right. wait, wait. So <laughs> I'm talking to the doctors. I say, listen, Okay. My work usually is me driving to home visits. And at the time I was doing therapy work at an agency mm-hmm. and maybe you could write it so I could just go to the office, like from work mm-hmm. to the office, I could still have my sessions. Mm-hmm. And so I got a little friction, but finally they gave me my letter. I didn't think I was going to be coming back. I was like, okay, that was just like a weird thing. Uh, yeah. They could not figure out where the bleeding was coming from. Mm-hmm. They thought it was the placenta, like a placental abruption. They mm-hmm. couldn't detect that on the um, on the ultrasound. I believed, and this is part of my denial because I was—I feel like I was still in denial about it at this point. Sure, was with my first pregnancy. They described my cervix as vascular, and mm-hmm. that it w- it could be really sensitive to bleeding. Mm-hmm. And because I did have I did have some spotting when I was twenty weeks along with my first pregnancy. And so I kept trying to tell the doctors that I don't feel like they really listened to me. They were just really focused on the placenta. And I'm like, hey, guys, it's just my cervix. You know, I'm just one of those women. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Right. And so I leave not 24 hours later. Oh, I I didn't even make it. I was bleeding again. So I had to return back to the hospital. It's starting to kind of soak in that, okay, maybe this is a problem. Maybe there's Mm -hmm. something going on. Maybe there's something going on with your body and there's something going on with the baby. Mm-hmm. They kept trying to reassure me that he's he's good. He's healthy. He's measuring big. He's a good, healthy boy, you know, but it's still, you know, concerning. So I'm there. They're saying, yes, you're going to stay here until the baby comes. Somehow I interpreted, I believe one of the doctors told me this, but I could <laughs> not pinpoint who it was. Right. Somehow somebody told me that if I didn't have any bleeding for a week, that they could revisit you know, my stay there. Mm-hmm. And so I interpret that like, okay, so mm-hmm. if we can have no, you know, several days and no bleeding, I can go home. Right. So one of the nurses was telling me that water, like no matter what's going on with your health, water is so important. Water mm-hmm. really helps you to, to feel better, to get treated faster. It's just really amazing. And so 
I'm not a water drinker, but I was drinking all the waters. All, I was a fish. I, they couldn't right. drink enough water. I was like, give it to me. I'm trying to get out of here. All right. Um, yeah. So, and I went a whole week and there was no bleeding. So I'm talking to the, the doctors and I'm like, hey guys, I made it a whole week. So what's going on? I can go home now, right? All, everything mm-hmm. is well. Mm-hmm. And they were still telling me like, okay, Shanae, we think it's a placenta. It might be so microscopic that we can't see it in the ultrasound. We would hate for you to leave and go home and there'd be an issue that happened. Mm -hmm. These things can really, these complications can happen really quickly where you have health issues, your baby have health issues, and we can't get to you in time. And I think it's in your best interest for you to stay. And so that's when it really, really, really hit me. And it sunk yeah. in. And again, I felt like I don't know how I would have been able to cope with the guilt of leaving, right? Just, right. just disobeying their orders and like, right. okay, I'm leaving. I'm going home. Mm-hmm. And there actually be some issues that happened. Right. And so I stayed. Mm. So, so I stayed tough. That's, yeah. Then that's when, as you can imagine, like all kinds of negative emotions really started to hit me. The, mm-hmm. the denial went out the window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All these emotions came Yeah. This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go. And that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Ortube. And she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Right. So, I mean, you're uh, you're, you're a clearly a very hopeful person. I mean, you kept looking for the eye on the prize. <laughs> I, I can get out of here. Here's the things I'm going to do. This is going to work. And then to to hear that they think you should stay, that's that's tough to make that decision. you're choosing between, you know, pr- like preempting guilt a little bit. If something bad happens, then you're going to feel bad and mm-hmm. oh, just wanting to stay safe. It's, it's a it's a tough, it's a high pressure situation. Yes, yes. And it was a lot of 
you know, just experiencing a, a guilt, sadness, and just worry for my baby, feeling like helpless to so all yeah. kinds of different emotions that I kind of circled through as I kind of accepted that news. And, you know, I definitely want to talk more about just the emotionality of it yeah. and just how that connects to, you know, pregnancy complications in general. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Please, please share whatever you think people would benefit from. Yeah, definitely. So it's, I wanted to start by kind of defining just the difference and differentiate between high-risk pregnancy and pregnancy complications. For so sure, yeah. I definitely was in a space where I was having a pregnancy complication, but I also was a high-risk pregnancy. Mm. So high-risk pregnancy is basically a pregnancy where there are certain risk factors that you have that could make it more likely that you and or the baby would have some health issues. Okay. So for myself, I was 35 at the time. So they mm -hmm. automatically gave me um, a high risk specialist before mm -hmm. I even went to a hospital. Mm -hmm. um, other risk factors can be having multiples, having previous complications, previous pregnancies. Um, and there's, there's a few more that go into the risk those risk factors. Pregnancy complications are actually when you develop any kind of health issues or your and or your baby develops any health issues. Mm -hmm. So some of the most common pregnancy complications are high blood pressure, anemia, gestational diabetes, hyperemesis gravidarum, which is vomiting and nauseousness excessive throughout pregnancy. And then um, actually CDC has defined uh, mental health conditions in the midst of pregnancy complications under that umbrella. As part of high risk? Yeah, as part of, uh, part of pregnancy complications. Got it. Yes. Any, so mental health conditions could be depression, anxiety, anything. So I was really, you know, I just kind of want to put this in a frame for you. I was looking at some some stats about this, aware of some statistics about this, the kind of frame mm -hmm. how mental health um, affects pregnancy and how pregnancy affects mental health. Yeah. Um, so for, for one, I'm a Black woman, and I was not surprised by this stat that Black women experience more maternal health conditions than white women. And so I'm not surprised by that because, as you know, like Black women are three and four times more likely to have maternal mortality rate more than white women. And right. so it, I believe it's similar causes, you know, implicit bias, racism, experiencing racism either personally or vicariously. So as you see what's what's going on in our news, uh, what right. we're exposed to is social media, being exposed to uh, murders of Black bodies, right? Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. so that's one. And pregnancy complications can intensify if you have any existing depression or anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so mothers who are hospitalized also have a higher risk of developing depression. And you can imagine why that would be so, right? Sure. Especially as you think of us being like in the height of the pandemic. Right. So yeah. there are people who have never experienced any mental health conditions and are now with just because of COVID-19. Absolutely. And then being a, a pregnant person in the midst of this and having a high-risk pregnancy and being hospitalized for it, right? Yeah. And so being really limited on what you're able to do. Yeah, um, that, that's a lot of pressure um, in, in so many ways. It can feel very confining and helpless. Yes, helpless yes definitely. Yeah, and so mental, just the psychology of it all, just to kind of really bring it to the real world outside of the stats, right? right? So right, right. if you're experiencing pregnancy complications, just that, 
you're worried, right? Mm -hmm. Moms are worried throughout the whole pregnancy. Like, how is my baby doing? How am I going to do? Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, the psychological denial of that. Um, and, and as I told you, I, I was in denial. I had to actually be there for <laughs> over a week for me to really soak it in. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm here. This is what I'm going through. And it's even more difficult for moms who have postponed their pregnancy because of educational or career sure. decisions. Right. And, you know, I kind of fall in that, the mix of that. So I was 35, mm-hmm. right? Right. And some women even develop some resentment towards their baby or towards the fetus, because sure. especially if they're being hospitalized, because mm-hmm. there's this loss of freedom. Like you can't move around. You can't experience pregnancy like you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Right. This is yeah. not what we envision pregnancy to look like. Even the the straps, those those blue and pink straps. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, I don't mm-hmm. I don't have to see any more of those in my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. I had to get monitored. It was like every few hours and I had to stay still for an hour at a time when uh-huh. I was on it. So just that physical <laughs> restraint. Right. It's yeah. very, very difficult. It is. It, it really, really is. And I'm sure it could, you know, in some depending on someone's history, it could also be very triggering to not be yes. able to move. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I didn't even consider that. But you're, you're definitely right. Definitely right. Well, yeah. I mean, there's so many layers of complexity that you're describing that, I mean, and it absolutely is. There's like a clear line to the, the possibility of additional mental health strain. In any of these. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to talk more about the feelings I was going through. And they are so parallel, so similar to the moms that I work with. Yeah. uh, The feelings that they're just experiencing when they're having a high risk pregnancy complications and having to be on bed rest. Right. Yeah. So for myself, I started saying that I had, I, I felt sadness. So I was, I was really sad because I was worried, sad and worried, right? So Mm -hmm. worried for my baby, worried about what, what's going on. Is there something wrong? Is there something wrong that we can't see with him? Right. Sad about my body, like what was trying to figure out what was going on. Sad for having to experience pregnancy this way. Yeah. Right. I, I love pregnant attention. <laughs> like I'm one of those. I love when the people see my belly like, oh God, how like I love answering all the questions. And here awesome. I was like pregnant in a hospital. The Aww. nurses gave me a little bit of attention, you know, but right. not, that's right. not what you want. So I'm sad about that. I miss my baby shower. Right. Yeah. So sad about that. And and then frustrated. I find myself frustrated with my body. Yeah. Like I I was a former like collegiate athlete, right? Mm. So I feel like my body's so strong and so capable. And I was really frustrated. Yeah. Really, really, really guilty. Mm. Because I, I told you I'm a recovering superwoman. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, okay, was I doing too much? Was I moving around too much? Oh, like okay. was, you know, did I cause this somehow? I remember feeling shame. Of like kind of embarrassment too, like that mm-hmm. I'm here. I didn't post or tell too many people that I was in that uh, predicament when I was right. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to express that. Like shame, just, sh- yeah. shame. Like uh, you shouldn't be in this position. Type yes. Type of thing? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And then also felt really helpless too. Mm-hmm. So you know, as you've heard me describe myself, I believe I'm very accomplished and ambitious yeah. and 
problem solver. I can do all the things. And so to be somewhere I couldn't control, I had no control over that. Like I, the water right. wasn't helping, right? Yeah, that right. wasn't enough. That's <laughs> not enough water for this. Right, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so w- one of the coping skills that I offer and, and what I what I really had to allow myself is to feel all your feelings. Allow mm-hmm. yourself to feel the feelings. Mm-hmm. Don't try to rush them away. Don't try to, oh, just think positive. Don't try to just go into positive automatically, right? Just really allow yourself to sit with those negative emotions. Uh, How do you explain that as a benefit to people who are like, oh, I don't, I don't want to feel those feelings. I think that it ends up becoming more intense and exploding at some point. Mm. I believe that our mind and our bodies can't deal with the stuffing, but for so long. Sure. So I think that's also a major part of really giving you a protective factor. I want to say against postpartum depression, you Mm -hmm. can't necessarily prevent it, but it, it definitely can be a buffer for that in a way. If you just allow yourself the space to talk about it, to feel it, to not brush it off and to not let others in your life kind of brush it off. Just really just sit with it for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing is forgiving yourself. Hmm. So I had to get into the space where I forgave my body. I forgave myself and my actions. I found this stat that said for pregnancy complications, it's highly unlikely that the mom did or didn't do anything to cause it. Mm-hmm. And so when I read that, that offered me comfort, you know, of course it was after the fact, but, <laughs> and I give that as comfort yeah. to the moms because we, we sit with that guilt for a lot of different things. Sure. And so there are some moms who really try to find a way to blame themselves. So you have to let that go. Forgiving your body and realizing your body is doing the best that it can with the mm-hmm. resources that it has. Right. Realizing too that, you have done the best that you could with the information that you have. Right. Right. And just really sitting with that. Yeah. This, this one I think is, is so super duper important and a little bit hard, uh, I think, for people to wrap their minds around because mm-hmm. when when the complication is happening within your body, uh, you can't, it, it's so much easier to blame yourself somehow and mm-hmm. feel like you mm-hmm. or your body have failed because it's not like you can really point to anybody else. I mean, you so could, true. but, <laughs> but right. It's so, it becomes so personal because it's literally mm-hmm. in your body happening. But to your true. point, um, I, and I love the way you stated it, your body is doing the best that it can do with the resources yes. it has that they think like that's a perfect way to, to think about it. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, the other one is allowing, I had to shift my perspective while I was there. So if I were focusing on everything that was not going well, not going in my favor, all that was negative. Mm-hmm. I'm in this hospital. I, I missed my baby shower. Something is wrong with me. Something is wrong with my baby. I can't see my, my, my husband and my two-year-old, mm-hmm. right? Not, not in the same way, not being at home. I am not having just this beautiful end of pregnancy like I wanted to have. I believe that was going to be our last pregnancy. So I wanted to, you know, have these maternity shots out in nature and this whole oh, thing, yeah. right? right? And I wanted to just, uh, you know, again, just get soak up all the attention before the baby came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was yes, important. yes. You know, you're like, and... I have this short window. I want it all. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I had to shift my perspective. So, uh, for, for example, 
at the time, I, we, we had a lot of great support. And one of them was my mother in love mm-hmm. offering to watch our two year old. And so we were able to send her, and I was going to spend my maternity leave in Florida as well. Mm-hmm. And so our two year old was able to go there with her mm-hmm. and um, spend a couple weeks with her. And she, I thought to myself, like she would have not been able to have this great bonding time with her Nana, as she calls her, had I not been in this position. Right. Right. And their birthdays are the same day. They're Sagittarius. It's like they soaked it all in. Yeah. (laughs) They they had a ball. Right. And so (laughs) I really had to think about what was what was capable. I was what I was able to do or what was able to happen. What was positive Mm -hmm. about this? Mm -hmm. I was studying for my licensure at the time. I had zero time when I was running around all the time, mm. right? I tried to squeeze it in, but I had all kinds of time. Oh my. <laughs> I had my books and my CDs. I had all uh-huh. kinds of time to study for my licensure. I had all these Netflix shows and movies mm-hmm. that I had no time to watch. Right. right. <laughs> so I had to think about like what I was able to do, what was positive about being here in this experience. Right. Right. Great. And, and that, I imagine, helped from your, your feelings and thoughts from kind of sinking too low. Yes. Yes, <laughs> definitely. That really, really helped. And so another thing that I did is that I had to schedule, somewhat schedule my days. So I needed to have some things to look forward to. So, and then part of that too, is like, I had a little countdown <laughs> on my dry erase for, they ended up inducing me at 37 weeks. And so, as I said before, it ended up being like an entire month that I was there. So I'm counting down the days. And I, uh, my husband and my two-year-old would come up every other day to see me. I would schedule time. There was a mom support group on that floor with the other moms. Oh, nice. Who were, yeah, I love, I was so impressed by that hospital. I was That's like, great. yes, it was led by a therapist as well. I was like, awesome. So I went <laughs> there. And so I just really tried to schedule out days and weeks so that the days didn't drag, you know, finding things that I was happy or excited about doing. Another coping skill is affirmations, having positive affirmations. And so your mind and the power of your mind can literally change the the course of any kind of physical health issues you have. There's so many cancer studies focused on people's thoughts, their positive thoughts, shifting their mindset for the best. And so I knew that this is really important. So I had a dry erase board. And so I was able to switch out positive affirmations every other time. And uh, one of those affirmations was, my body is so powerful and beautiful and amazing. I'm healthy and my baby is healthy. All is well. We are so loved. And so I would have these affirmations that would really put me in a good headspace. I would read them out loud, say them to myself. It was really, really, really important. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That that is, uh, that I think, um, you know, what what my experience is too, that affirmations are incredibly supportive. And I, I think because in some ways it's kind of so simple, it's mm-hmm. hard for people to believe that it's going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, oh, you, I just say this thing to myself and and it changes things for me, but it it really does, and yes. it, it 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 helps. It almost like gives you a bit of an anchor so that you don't keep sliding into all those other negative thoughts. 
That yeah. is, that's the key right there, right? Because you can drown in those negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like those negative mm-hmm. thoughts are always going to be there, right? Yeah. But if you can just say something to really counteract it and like really kind of protect you in a sense so that you're not getting too far down with those negative thoughts. The other coping skill I have and I had to do for myself is I had to be very intentional about my social media use. Mm-hmm. So at the time, Instagram was the devil to me at the time because (laughs) I was following all kinds of pregnant moms on Mm -hmm. Instagram. So of course they're posting the most beautiful, glorious pictures of them Mm -hmm. out in the real world, looking all cute, right? With their little (laughs) bumps and things. I'm like, oh no, I can't. So I actually ended up deleting Instagram off my phone. Um, But if you're going to be on it, be very deliberate, intentional about who you're following and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So there are some amazing mom support groups that allow themselves to be vulnerable, that seek help and resources, kind of express their feelings, what they're going through. So that's, that can be really, really amazing for you. Um, So being very intentional about your social media. Absolutely. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask-Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. I think it's hard to fathom totally how much of an impact that social media has, but you can sort of feel it. You know, if you've, if you yourself have been on there for too long, you start feeling like angsty and irritable Mm -hmm. and, and uh, feeling bad about yourself. That's, that's a sign you've been on for too long. (laughs) So true. So true. And the last one that I have is that you want to be social and you may want to be selective about how social you are. So an example that I have, and I believe we all have this one person 
<laughs> whether it's a, a friend or a family who's a little bit on the anxious side of things, mm-hmm. right? So when you're telling them news that's not so, maybe not the best, any kind of health issues, they're like, oh my God, what's happening? What's going to go on? You know, like you don't, you might yeah. not need that energy right mm-hmm. now, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying you have to cut them off or not talk to them, but you may want to be very selective about how much information you're giving or sharing with certain people um, so that you're staying in a positive mindset and mm-hmm. and not getting into those fear set thoughts so much, right? And video chatting. So at the time for me, luckily that was before COVID, I was able to have my husband, my two-year-old visiting. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at this time, video mm-hmm. chat is all the, all the rave. I really, really recommend that you're doing that as much as possible make it part of your schedule. Like I had mm-hmm. such amazing long conversations <laughs> with mm-hmm. my friends and family that I wouldn't have had, had I not been in that position. Right. So really take advantage of You of have that. all that time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's really, really great. So yeah, keeping connected, having those boundaries, that seems especially important with, I like how you describe that anxious person in your life. Obviously they care a lot, yes. but man, is that kind of anxiety like, um, not quite contagious, but if you have your own already, it can kind of hype you up. Yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So those coping skills are absolutely fantastic. And thank you for sharing them with examples too. It's really important for people to kind of hear what it feels like to understand it. And given those coping skills, how would you, uh, how do you help people kind of differentiate between, okay, this is a high stress situation or this is maybe headed into like a clinical level of depression or anxiety. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. And so it, it's really interesting you bring that up because um, as you say that, I was thinking about when I was talking to the one of the nurses there, um, this is really how I ended up in this work because I was I found myself really concerned for the other moms that yeah. were on my floor and like, how are they coping with this? How are they dealing with this? You know, I felt like I had a lot of great support, but, you know, I had all the risk factors where I could have easily been experiencing depression um, and or anxiety while I was pregnant or even postpartum, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the examples that she brought up was there was a mom that was sitting there in the dark and mm-hmm. she was having trouble. She didn't want to bathe. And so a, a depression in, in that space can look like you not wanting to do much of anything, not really feeling motivated to take care of yourself, mm-hmm. not wanting to talk to anybody or video chat, like really wanting to isolate yourself. And so it can happen. It, it would make sense that a depression or anxiety would happen, right? That you would become very um, particular about how you're moving and what you're doing, right? Or right. or being overly worried, excessively worried, having trouble sleeping. Hospitals are not the great place. <laughs> right, right. But like Important if you're note. getting absolutely no sleep, right? Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. not wanting to eat, right? Or you feel like you're overeating. And so those could be some signs that, okay, this is not just stressful, but this may be getting the best of you. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely recommend that you seek out some help, some assistance with a therapist would be great or a mom support group, but Mm -hmm. definitely therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking too, uh, for for somebody who's kind of, you know, in the hospital for a while right now during COVID, especially with all of this move towards uh, online sessions, it is possible to have that kind of one-on-one support even Mm -hmm. while on on bed rest or, or really, you know, 
feeling sort of confined in that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super, super important. Yeah, I and mean, this is for all of the reasons you stated a very difficult situation and mindset is a lot of what you have control over. Yes. But man, when that starts to feel like that's slipping away too, it's it's can be really concerning, it can be hard mm-hmm. to, to hold on to. Um, yes, yes. And and again, I want to reiterate that, you know, not to blame yourself mm-hmm. for this and not and not to feel like and, and I don't want to tell you not to feel, but trying your best to not give in to the guilt of like I, you know, I should be stronger than this. Like, okay, mm-hmm. this is stressful, but I should be able to get past this. Like, okay, yeah, I'm a little depressed. Like, no, mm-hmm. no. It's okay to get the help and the assistance that you need to get through this. And it's it's not just sur- just surviving. It's you getting yeah. to a space where you can thrive throughout this and in, in your postpartum journey. Sure, absolutely. Oh, right. And you mentioned postpartum, like the all of the coping skills that you mentioned and the help that you suggested people seek can really also help prevent worsening in postpartum. Yes, definitely. Um, after after this kind of uh, high high stress experience, mm-hmm. absolutely great. Thank you for all of that. Just really, really useful information. I feel like people are going to walk away from this particular episode with tangible things that they can. The skills that you suggested are, are useful all the time, too. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really great. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to leave us with today? Yes, I I really want to leave you all with some more resources and just letting you know that I I know that it's tough. I know bed rest and, and these complications can be really tough. Just really remember that this is temporary, that you will get through this and that your family will get through this. And so I want to leave with you a really great resource and that's postpartum.net. And so this is um, Postpartum Support International. They have a lot of great information about perinatal mental health, amazing online support groups for moms, pregnant, postpartum, Black mothers, all kinds of amazing support that way. Also, I want to let you guys know I have a free resource that is called a free mini session. And so it's a three-part video series to really help you if you're having issues with your, your mindset, your negative thoughts. I'm really feeling like in a low mood, stressed, overwhelmed, um, frustrated even that this, this could be a great resource for you. I mean, you would go to my website at uh, pregnancytherapist.com and get that. Great. Thank you for putting that together and offering a free resource like that for mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, very extremely helpful. Uh, so thank you again, Shanae, for coming on and sharing all of this with us. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate this so much. Thank you so much, Shanae, for coming on and sharing your experience and your perspective and clinical pointers for people who are dealing with high-risk pregnancy. For those of you who are joining us for the first time on the Mom and Mind podcast, please do subscribe so you can get all of our episodes downloaded directly to you. There are many, many episodes to choose from as we've been going for more than four years now. So find an episode that resonates for you, or if you see one that you think might be supportive to somebody else, do send it along. The more we share these stories, the more we understand what's going on for us, the less alone we will all feel. Thank you so much for being with us. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Together we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come connect with us at momandmind.com. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. 
My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.